Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. And the Pats keep everything close to the vest. They are a buttoned-up, tightened organization. But the fact that Cam missed time with coronavirus, had a fumble that he said was inexcusable considering how long he's been in the league. you got to know which hand to tote the rock in. And it all came to a head last night. And it was a folk hero that sealed it for the Pats, the former Jet Nick Folk walking in to his old stomping grounds, a 51-yard field goal to win it and save the Pats season. Before we get into sports talk, 19 might be a dope football number. It looks horrible on the basketball jersey. I'm just, it's 19, it's fine. It looks horrible. You, you like numbers. It's, it's, it's not yeah, a, but I don't that play. Wouldn't be, that wouldn't this be your number. This is a fan jersey. Yeah, but that wouldn't be your number, though. No, it wouldn't be in basketball. Well, because yesterday you kept I talking. I would be a 23, a 3, a 2. That's pretty because much it. He, 24. I hear you, Evan. I'm going to explain. <laughs> Evan's like, you got to explain. Let people know. Because you kept talking the other day uh-huh. about the fact that numbers look good on certain people, yeah. right? So, like, there's wide receiver numbers. Like, you don't like 81 on Antonio Brown. No, but I like 81 on T.O. Why? Because he just fits 81. The frame just, makes it. Frame, the shoulders. That, everything. The arms. He just, he looked good in 81. Huh. But it, it, what, AB looks too small in 81? It, it just doesn't look right. See, I don't know. Zuber, you with the whole number him, thing? I'm used to seeing AB in 84. In 84, just for him, is just right. Like, if, if like three would be right for AB, it would be right. Because AB got that flash, that hot dog to him. So small single digits is hot dog numbers. Like, at Duke, you wore 22. Oh, it was 22. What did you wear at uh, NBA? 22. It was deuces all was the way just, around. But if you was deuce... I'd have been like that, Jake. No, but, cold. but but see, Penny was deuce. I think Penny Hardaway was deuce. No, he was one. Oh, he was. That's right. He yeah, was and he that's looked right. cold. He Big old guard. That was nice. But see, I, nah, I don't. Nah, I want. I I like that. I like right. two deuces. Well, see, I don't. I'm not on you, because you're a little dude. You're supposed to look quick and fast and to the cup. With 22, you look like they get ready to cut you in a couple weeks. That's just my eyes, though. <laughs> Right. Normally, over the years, I've been used to seeing a Laker jersey, which Key is wearing this morning. Normally, when it says Johnson on the back, it should have a number 32. But Key is wearing a custom-built Los Angeles Lakers jersey this morning. If you're watching on ESPN News, it says K. Johnson on the back. And the number 19 Jay was referencing. Yeah. So key rep in Laker That's Nation when they had me as the 14th man. I was on the end of the end of the end of the bench. Sitting hey, you're still to getting a check, though. Still got that championship ring. Get it. You got it this year. Yeah, throw it up. <laughs> the towel. Is the... You and Dwight. Do, doing timeouts this one here. <laughs> just, yep, just leaning over, looking into the set. No problem. <laughs> just shaking your head. Yeah, 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 coach. Great play. Great play, Frank Vogel. Great play. And then going uh, sitting down next to Nicholson is the 14th man on the Yes, bench. that is correct. Jared Dudley, then Keyshawn Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Dudley stuck around for a long time, that's for sure. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck. That's the best job ever, though. At Pier 17. Leaning into the huddle. I ain't got to do nothing but lean into the huddle. Hey, work out every day, stay that's in it. shape. That's be, it. Have all the stories, talk to you, know what's going on. Jay Will, just calm down, man. It's yeah. gonna be okay. Tell me to calm down. Just you calm haven't been in the up. game since no. 1998. No, just chill, man. We're going to be all right. They're going to get you the ball. I'm, I'm that guy. <laughs> While wearing like a great suit, thinking about it, to the nines. We're ready to go. All right, so the Lakers won the championship. Key is still loving it. Who will win the NFL championship? We're asking you this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who are the biggest threat to the Chiefs who are looking for their second championship mm-hmm. in as many years after having waited 50 years mm. between 
Super Bowl four and 54 to imagine they can get two in as many. Biggest threat in the AFC is who? 888-ESPN, Key J and Z on Twitter. Let's head to Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider. Uh, Dan, I don't think the answer to that question is going to be the Jets or the New England Patriots, but the bottom line is the Jets played yesterday without Sam Darnold, without Quinn and Williams, lost Mekhi Becton, their first-round draft pick, and still nearly won the game. That said, if they could do that with Flacco and he tossed three touchdown passes as an ancient player, how confident are you that Darnold, when healthy, can really be the future of the franchise? Well, I think he can. He's still only 23, but the issue with the Jets is, you know, pretty good chance to have the number one pick. And when you hear NFL people talk about Trevor Lawrence as a prospect, it's it's high-level stuff. Like, I can't pass on this guy kind of stuff. So the Jets are possibly going to be in a position where they have to decide between, you know, do you stick with Sam Darnold, who you just took a couple of years ago, uh, very, very high, or do you switch up to someone whose ceiling uh, is higher and who ha- doesn't have the, uh, the disappointment that we've already seen from Darnold his first couple of years, the injury issues we've seen with Darnold the first couple of years. So I think if the Jets end up with that top pick, then Darnold's future in New York is, uh, is probably non-existent. Uh, if they win a few games and they don't get that pick and Darnold is helping them win games and he's playing well, then, yeah, it's possible they stick with him. But a lot's going to depend also on who's coaching them, which we also don't know. Dan, you know, the Patriots last night at Cam Newton, they squeaked that victory out against the Jets. But Cam, for the most part, had a pretty clean game. I was pretty pleased with the way he played. And they kind of sort of put themselves back in a long-distance wild-card spot. How likely is it that Cam finishes the season as the starter for the New England Patriots? I think if he's healthy, he finishes the season as a starter, and he is healthy right now. So, I mean, obviously what I'm saying is unless he were to get injured, um, I think he finishes the season as a starter. They haven't wavered on him. Uh, Jared Stidham does not seem to be a guy that's really in their immediate plans in terms of his readiness to play right now. They think Cam is their best chance to win games, and they are still trying to win games. I mean, but Zubin went through the guys the Jets were without last night. I mean, the Patriots list is kind of just as long. I mean, you know, they don't have Stefan Gilmore. They don't have Julian Edelman. They got all those COVID opt-outs from before the season. I mean, that, that roster is not a whole lot more impressive, if at all, than the, than the roster of the team that they beat last night. So, I, I mean, they'll go with Cam the rest of the year. I don't necessarily buy that they have real playoff hopes at this point because they're just so shredded and so banged up and so far behind. But uh, they'll give Cam a chance to w- win them as many games as possible and position him and them to figure out what's next once the offseason starts. Also, Dan, the other day you wrote on overreaction that the Bills could have a better shot at making the Super Bowl, not the Seahawks, better shot than the Seahawks. Why is that that you believe? Well, I I had just watched the Bills crush the Seahawks, so that might be part of it. Uh, Look, I I think the, the, the thing with Buffalo is, you know, they have the more complete team, right? I mean, those two teams on the field Sunday one of them was playing defense, the other hasn't played defense all year. And, and it sounds crazy to say this about the Seahawks, but I mean, really one of the worst, if not the worst defense in the entire league right now. Can they get it together? Sure. If they do, I mean, if, if they just get it to a top 20 right kind of defense for the rest of the year, Russell Wilson and that offense can win them games. But we're halfway through the year and they haven't shown it. So I think what Buffalo shows you in their ability to win games by running the ball, their ability to win games by throwing the ball, their ability, their pass rush has been 
you know, it received a lot of criticism this year, but it helped them put the game away in the fourth quarter against Russell Wilson on Sunday. I, I just think they're better set up. And also, maybe a clearer path to a, to a higher seed in the AFC right now than the Seahawks have in a very jumbled NFC. Dan, who, who's the biggest threat to the, to the Chiefs in the AFC? The, the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC... I, I, I'm the team that beat them is the Raiders, right? So, like, if they play them head-to-head, that's a team that has some sense of how to do it. So that may be part of the end. But in terms of, you know, who can get the one seed and have a home game against the Chiefs in January in the playoffs, that right now is the Steelers because they have the better record. They're undefeated. So it's, it's important for people to remember this year, only one team per conference gets the one seed. So that means only one team per conference gets the bye. And if that team is Pittsburgh, then they have an advantage over Kansas City because they'll have one less game to win and a possible home game should they meet. This worked out extremely well for Kansas City last year. You'll remember when they kind of backed into the number two seed and got a bye and ended up uh, winning the Super Bowl. So right now it's probably Pittsburgh, but, I mean, Kansas City's in a class by itself, I think. Dan, you've been around this league, covering this league for a very long time, and you've seen all sorts of coaches' shenanigans going on. Bruce Arians, once again, has criticized the great Tom Brady about his play. How do you think Brady is going to react to continuous, I don't want to call it harassment, but things being said to the media about his play? I think we've seen over the course of the last couple of decades that Tom Brady is a person who uses whatever he can to motivate himself. You know, he still keeps the list of the quarterbacks that were drafted ahead of him, right? So, Add this to the fire that is clearly, clearly uh, burning inside of Tom Brady to do something that makes Sunday's game look like an aberration. I mean, the look on his face throughout the entire game. This is an angry player who really believes that things should be going better than they are. And I think what his coach is saying publicly will only uh, add to that, that, that inner drive that he builds when he starts piling up the perceived slights, etc. So... Yeah, look, in New England, I know that it got contentious. There's been a lot of reporting on, you know, Brady wished he had gotten more praise and less criticism from Belichick. But I think this being the first year with Arians, it probably isn't exactly the same in terms of his reaction. I think he'll just probably use it as fuel going forward. No question about it. It'll be a fascinating story to watch the back half of the season, the offensive mastermind and the greatest offensive player of all time. Dan, thank you very much. Thanks, Willis Dan. Reed was 19, right? Willis Reed? Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. see? Woo! But that's go. Willis Reed, though, Dan. That's, you know, that's Willis Reed. He's allowed to be 19. I'm just, I'm just trying to think because you're right. 19 doesn't look right on a basketball jersey. There aren't too many, but Willis Reed is the one, right? Sam Cassell was 19. He just, Sam Cassell? See, Dan, this is the problem. Now Key's going to put himself in the same conversation with Sam Cassell and Willis Reed. No! I, this is a <laughs> That's fan, the problem, Jack. Dan. That's what's going to happen to me I'm all day long I'm a fan now. boy. <laughs> What do you want me to say? You know how I feel about grown men wearing jerseys, kid. Well, you had on one. Well, because you forced me to because I lost the I bet. I can't force you to sorry, do Dan, nothing. Sorry, Dan, to subject you to this. I'm can't, sorry. Can't force you to do anything, sir. And by the way, if I didn't mention this, everybody would say it would fly over my head. What is Willis Reed known for more than anything? Hobbling back out on the court. Same thing Paul Pierce is known for. Same thing Key's playing with right now. A hurt yep. ankle coming back Keen on the court. Key Willis Reed. Playing and hurt. Paul Pierce. The foot injury. <laughs> Paul. Your wheelchair's out in the yeah, back. Paul, so your wheelchair's Paul out the pulled back. that one on the Lakers. Man, I wanted to pop him upside his head. <laughs> Willis Reed was triumphant in his return. Key will be triumphant when he hits the doctor later today. On the way, Key's real rankings. And speaking of hurt, not his foot. There's a team that's not going to be hurt. They're moving up five spots in one week. Five? Find out Five. Find out who it is. 
It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I'm the smartest guy in the box, so I like that too. Keys Real Rankings. Keys Real Rankings. And yet again, while most people go for a top five or a top ten, Key is opting for the top seven. Well, it may change next week, but anyway. Real quick, could we do the top 19? No, we don't have time for the top 19. (laughs) Key's loving that number 19 this morning. We're going to start at number seven. I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders at number seven. This is their first appearance, I believe, in this year's ranking. But when you look at the Raiders, they certainly have started to play well. They obviously beat the Chargers last week, but they also beat the Kansas City Chiefs, which most people have going to the Super Bowl. I think the Raiders can challenge Kansas City if they make it to the playoffs on that particular AFC championship spot to get to the Super Bowl. Number six, Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills showed something last week, beating up on the Seattle Seahawks. And I think Josh Allen has gained his form again. I'm not quite ready to put him in the MVP conversation because had a few stinkers prior to this big-time game that he had last week against Seattle's Vantage defense. Not so much. Number five is the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens sit at five, although Lamar did beat the Indianapolis Colts. I'm still concerned. They still sit there because I'm concerned with his ability to throw the football when they need him to. I'm concerned with the ability to have a big-time wide receiver help him out. Clearly, he could do it with his feet. The defense played well. They forced Phillip Rivers into mistakes, and they won the football game. Number four, the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers were off. They sit at number four, but the last time we saw them, they shredded the San Francisco 49ers. Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams, just big-time football all over the lot. Number three, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin, one of my top coaches in the National Football League. He could argue if Bill Belichick wasn't there, he probably could be at number one. Ben Roethlisberger back in the fold. They continue to showcase Claypool. They figured out a way to beat the Dallas Cowboys, even though the Dallas Cowboys made a lot of people feel like they were going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. For one, I was never worried. And then here's a shocker at number two, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and nepotism in the New Orleans Saints. Michael Thomas back on the field, contributed big time, but it opened up the offense 
having him back on the field along with Emmanuel Sanders. They also got many different players involved on the outside of the perimeter, making sure that guys was getting the football, doing the things that they're capable of doing. I think New Orleans is the best team in the NFC as of right now. And then number one, to no surprise, Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, another four touchdowns in the air for him. I don't even know. I'm so tired of trying to describe who he is as a player. Um, you know, there's going to be arguments about him being the best that ever was in the early, uh, in the early in his career. But clearly, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid knew something from the beginning when they decided to part ways with Alex Smith and make Patrick Mahomes the top pick for them at quarterback. Those are Key's Real rankings from one through seven. What's interesting is if you bookend Key's Real rankings, number seven, the Raiders making their first vaunted appearance in the rankings. The next time the Chiefs take the field, the Chiefs have a bye this week, but the next game they play at the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night football. Mm. They've already beaten the Chiefs this year, as Key has mentioned. So that would be a great opportunity for them to move up into the rankings from seven to who knows where if they can sweep the season series for the Chiefs. So just keep an eye on that, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. And apparently I had thought for the three months we did the show that nepotism was undefeated, but nepotism cannot defeat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Michael Thomas and company is at two. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no, no, not yet. Give me one more week, and then I'm going to push them ahead after they – who do they play? Who, who does New Orleans play? Whoever they play next week. I will tell uh, you. This weekend coming up, they win that game. They're going number one. I don't care what Kansas City does. They will take on the San Francisco 49 Yeah, they'll be number one. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, they're going number one. I, I predict they'll be number one oh, in my real rankings. So, quick assessment here. Yes. A lot of people, Key, were on Seattle. Obviously, we were talking about Russell Wilson being MVP, but their defense has been horrible. Right? Yeah, their defense. So, but like, why did we? Why did we have them so ranked? Was everybody just drinking the Kool Aid because no, of what Russell they're still, was doing? They're still in my top ten if I had one. But because they lost the way that they lost, and that defense got shredded the way that they got shredded, I just dropped them completely out of the rankings. Much like Tampa Bay doesn't mean that they're not seven and a half and eight. It just means that they're not in the seven, and they could climb back in it for sure. I'm not going to say that the. At the end, Seattle's not – the defense is not going to come alive, much like Kansas City's defense. The one thing that we kept saying last year about Kansas City, woo, Patrick Mahomes, that Patrick Mahomes, woo, there it is, there it is. That defense, though, oh, God. That. And then by the time we got to week 12, they started getting a little better, 13, getting a little better, 14. But, it was funny. We, we thought that was happening last week when they played against the 49ers. I remember coming out of that game, people were saying – Look at Seattle's defense. It's starting to step up a little bit. But now we see what the 49ers had just done and how depleted they are. And now we're saying that their defense is not as good anymore. So that's, that's where I'm just trying to find an even kill. They, right? they'll, they got time to get it fixed. I'm not, I'm not like everybody else. I don't panic and worry about it. I think they can limp into the playoffs. And things change when the weather changes. That's mm. just my philosophy, my beliefs, is that, that once the weather starts to change – now you got to run the ball more. You can't throw the ball all over the lot. It changes the way you approach a game from a game planning standpoint. And when you get up in Seattle, they win the division, and you got to go to Seattle to play in the playoffs, and all of a sudden it's cold. Maybe there's some snow. The rain is coming down. It's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It just it changes. But it changes also for Seattle's offense as well. So they've got to get their running game going and not just rely on Russell Wilson. Fair enough, Jane. At some point, Seattle. The Bucks are out of it too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just so that you know, they're not in my top seven because I'm mad at them. Oh, I know. I don't yeah, like the way they got blowed out. 
Or should I say? <laughs> Courtesy of the NFL's all-time leading rusher. Stop! I didn't, I didn't need you to say that. I just said they got blowed out. I'm just teasing. Dallas Cowboy, great Arizona Cardinal at the end. Okay, uh, moving on. Oh, the Bucks no. or the Seahawks would be in Key's top 19, right? Okay, so they'd be in Key's real rankings of the top 19. I want to talk about the Bucks. The Bucks were actually fourth in Key's real rankings last week. Obviously, an embarrassing loss. One of the worst losses of Tom Brady's career. Um, and they plummet right out after that Sunday night defeat. We saw after week one, they played the Saints week one about 57, 58 days ago. And when they played that game, after the game, the first sort of tension between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, which has grown a little significantly as the weeks have gone on. Remember what Bruce Arians said after week one, right? The first game, Brady's first game in Tampa in New Orleans. He said, I don't know. I mean, it's not like they ran anything we weren't ready for. It's not like we weren't prepared for all this stuff. Yeah, Tom seemed a little bit off. And people said, whoa, that was after game one. Now, after they lose to the Saints again, get swept, pretty much putting them out of consideration in the minds of many to win the NFC South, Bruce Arians was asked again about the performance of his wide receivers and kind of threw it back on the guy that is supposed to get the ball to them. On a couple of those routes, I know one was to Scotty Miller, uh, one was Antonio Brown, where it looked like the receiver, uh, they were running deep routes and and it looked like they stopped when they should have kept going. Um, Is that another instance of them, uh, quarterback and receivers, reading different coverages? I know that was an issue in week one, too. It kind of was with Scotty. um, The interception to AB, that was just a poor throw. The one to Chris. Chris read the right properly. Tom thought he was going deep. He stopped. Uh, those things can happen sometimes when you're, when you're doing it on the run. Mike Evans had just 17 targets combined in the last four games. He had 31 targets in the previous four. With him being the best receiver on this team, why isn't Byron making a more concerted effort of getting Mike involved in the passing game earlier? Mike, is, Mike was open a bunch in that ballgame. He just didn't, he didn't get targeted. That's all. He was open. Mike was was open. Translation, if he's open, get him the ball. And it's not on A.B., it's the guy that threw it to A.B. I I, I really disagree with the way Bruce Arians leads sometimes. And I I think that there are certain things that you can say publicly. And I understand we live in this world where we want everybody to be real and raw. But if you do that, then I think you have to be ready for the consequences that that can fracture your relationship with a guy that you need to have a relationship with especially considering his past where Bill Belichick wouldn't say anything to the media and you felt like a lot of those conversations were held internally. Tom Brady is a six-time Super Bowl champion, a three-time NFL MVP. This player resume is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need to hire Indeed. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. Just felt like doing that, Zuman. Um, <laughs> Take it off my plate. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> I, I think, though, when you, when you talk about fracture relationships and coaches – Sometimes coaches send messages through the media to get to you as a player. Um, Mike Evans, I'm sure, was open a lot in the game. There's no question about it. But so was other players that Tom Brady tried to get the football to. That's why he tried to get him the football. Maybe Mike Evans wasn't the first target on some of the plays that was designed, even though he was open. Sometimes you can be the one, the two, or the three. And if you're the third guy and you're open, but what if the one and the two is open? Now your read takes you there. And those guys are open as well. Um, it, it just depends. Or if he's open, there's pressure to Tom Brady so he can't get him the ball because they're in his face or in his lap. Uh, sometimes 
in the red zone when they were trying to run fades, you got to give credit to Lattimore because Lattimore wasn't having any of it. He was locking Mike Evans down in the tight red zone on the fade routes. He's seen it a million times. Here it comes. They're on the five-yard line. What's the first thing they decide to do? Throw a back shoulder fade or a fade over the top. So, therefore, I'm going to hold my ground if I'm Lattimore. So, when you start to look at it, you know, you hate to see where coaches become real slick with their tongues. And I hated it as a player. That's why I was always one to fire back because they always tell you in the meetings, don't, you know, they say the first thing they say is, I don't read the newspaper, mm-hmm. so I don't know what any of you are saying. And then they come to the meeting and they say, well, you know, I don't like what people say. Well, I thought you didn't read the newspapers, man. Right. And they do that slick stuff. And I think Tom Brady will react differently next time out. He'll certainly respond. I mean, you think about the way they've done things. They lose to New Orleans. Then they run a three. They run on three games. They go on a three-game run. Mm-hmm. Then they lose to Chicago. They go on another three-game run. Right. Now all of a sudden they lose to the Saints. So maybe they'll go on another three-game run. History and they respond. Mm-hmm. And that's the way Tom Brady will probably respond. I just feel like this is something really fascinating to watch because I feel like this is that first game. Zubin was the inception point of that relationship, mm-hmm. and if that kicks off a relationship. Okay, cool. If you're Tom Brady, oh, I, I think I, oh, this is different. I recognize what this is. And then it happens. It didn't just happen again after the Saints loss. Key, it also happened when the whole Antonio Brown scenario was coming together. Do you guys remember that? When Bruce Harris was like, well, the first call didn't come from Tom Brady. It came from me. Right? So there seems like there's this ego. Hey, it's my ego that's in control of this ship, not Tom Brady's. And that's going to be fascinating to watch how this continues to move down the road. You said ship. Ship. Okay, I just wanted to make sure you said ship. That's all. Cause it's a great point by you, Jay, the I general manager. The okay, the S-H-I-P. Yeah, I, just, ship. I just make sure that's all. Yeah. Gotcha. To your point, general manager Jason Take it whatever Light, way you want to take it, kid. Head coach Bruce Arians, and many people believe Tom Brady is the general manager, head coach, and the quarterback. We should also lastly mention this may be a very small thing because I understand Brady's role in the organization. Brady is signed through next year. Bruce Arians signed a four-year deal That'll take him through 2022. There's a fifth-year option as well. I'm not saying they're on equal footing. I'm just saying that Arians can see a day where he's there and Tom isn't. That's all I'm saying. It's going to be okay. Now, whether or not they make the playoffs, that's a different story. But I think their relationship will be okay. SportsCenter on the way and then a Super Bowl champion. Jets have a timeout left if they want it. Folk on the way, and it is good. With zeros on the clock, Nick Folk. The field goal from 51 yards away, and that's how the Jets fall to 0-9. And that was Steve Levy on ESPN's Monday Night Football. Call him a folk hero, the former Jet Nick Folk. Exacting a little revenge on the old squad. 51 yard with zeros on the clock, as Steve said. How about Jacoby Myers, fellas? 12 catches, 169 yards. Made himself some money. No doubt. Helping out Cam Newton, who needed this win in the worst possible way. Pats avoid a fifth straight loss. Would have been their first five-game losing streak in 25 years. They got Lamar and the Ravens Sunday night. The Jets, mercifully, are on the bye. Multiple SEC football programs are dealing with huge COVID outbreaks. Alabama LSU this weekend is in jeopardy. The Tigers may not have enough scholarship players. They're trying to figure out their depth at the quarterback position. Auburn, Mississippi State moved to December 12th. That's the one week baked in the SEC had at the end of the season to get some makeups in. Texas A&M pausing activities. 
They got one against Tennessee and Arkansas. Sam Pittman, who is 58 years old, their first-year head coach, he's tested positive. He's in quarantine. Defensive coordinator Barry Odom will take over on an interim basis. He used to be Mizzou's coach, so he's got some SEC head coaching bona fides. NBA Players Union and the league agreeing for a season start. We know that. December 22nd, free agency will start November 20th. A little context there. That's two days after the draft and about a month away from the start of the regular season. Most notably, after shedding so much money after the China debacle and the bubble with no fans, the NBA salary cap and luxury tax will remain the same as it was last year, despite all of that money being lost. That's quite a pleasant surprise, certainly for players in free agency, right? SportsCenter is brought to you by Straight Talk. Look. We all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com slash Straight Talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Again, one of the great journeys in NFL history for anybody that's worked at this company is Jeff Saturday going from undrafted free agent to Super Bowl champion, and he joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Jeff, it's always great to have you here this morning. We were just talking about the friction uh, between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, which Jay said percolated in week number one and percolated again after the second meeting of the season between the Saints and the Bucks on Sunday night. How do you see this relationship right now? Well, I, I don't see what Bruce Arians sees in the game, that's for sure, when you're talking about guys being wide open or however he phrased it. I mean, uh, Tom Brady was pressured, I think, 19 times. Uh, and if you look at Tom Brady's career, whether it's New England or wherever, when you pressure him and get him off his spot, he's a different quarterback. And so when you're talking about Evans is open, well, great. If, I, if you can't protect him, what difference does it make who's open, right? Like like all the plays you draw up, if, if he's getting pressure and has to move around and do all those things, he's just a different guy. And so um, when you start talking about – I felt like it was more of a protection mechanism about his coaching or their calls or whatever as opposed to what the actual game was. I mean, what they run it five times, like an NFL uh, you know, historic low – I mean, look, they got they got whipped, right? Flat out whipped to lay this at the feet of any player, uh, I, I think, is a silly comment at that point. The bottom line is we win as a team, we lose as a team, and they got whipped as a team. And that was offense, defense, special teams. Uh, I know he said that the night of the game. Not sure why you're coming back out. I'm not sure if it's, hey, we're, we're trying to make Mike Evans feel like he is part of our offense with A.B. coming in. I really have no idea why the conversation was, but I heard – key talking about and and it's so true when you talk about a guy being open that has nothing to do with where he is in the progression or the read of the play right I mean and and, you know I know key knows more than I do but it it, did take a rocket scientist to figure out if he's two or three in any of these uh, you know on Sunday night you can't get to two or three you barely get to one because of how much freaking pressure they had so when I'm looking at this I I don't like it man look I look I like BA I like his attitude the majority of the time but at the end of the day, I thought this was just, you know, th- this was unnecessary, you know, and, and Jay Will made a good point. Like, there's some things that they can go unsaid. It's okay, right? Every thought that comes to our mind doesn't have to be projected and discussed in front of everybody, right? Let, let, let's have some of those meetings privately, get together. If, you know, if I was trash, tell me I'm trash in the meeting, right? And then let, let us move on. Hey, we all were bad, and then and let, let's move forward. If it was a, if it was a, you know, fourth quarter, one last play, I didn't make the play, okay, I can see that. But when you talk about getting beat from the first snap, 
till the final whistle. Bro, why are we singling out any player? You know what I mean? Like, let's take all 53 and the coaching staff and everybody else and say, we got whipped. That's all we need to say. Man, I wish I could have played with you, Jeff. I really do, because you get it. You certainly (laughs) get it. Let me ask you this, though. In this situation, you play with, obviously, Peyton Manning, great Hall of Fame quarterback. How will Tom Brady respond to this? Will he just take the quarterback approach like, I'm just moving on? I think he has to. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a guy, you know, Peyton's the same way, right? Like, even if he's pissed about it, he's not a guy who's going to go back and try to flash in the media, right? That's just not his personality, um, whether it was in New England or going to be in Tampa. He's trying to win games and unify this locker room. And he sees, listen, from a guy who has been around as much winning as he has been around, he understands the last thing they need is any division. This is not a team that has been well-oiled, even to, even the last couple weeks, right? I mean, you think about even the Giants game and you know barely coming back to win that game. This is not a team that's hitting on all cylinders. He knows the work that's going to be required. So, Key, I'm with you, man. Like, why say anything? Just be like, hey, man, everybody watched that game. Everybody knows this can't be put on one player. I'm just going to move on and try to rally my guys because at the end of the day, he's not going. It's not going to help, right? Like, and he knows that. And I think from from the organizational perspective of of what's being asked of him to keep this keep the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in you know kind of on the straight and narrow, there's no reason to respond. Just go try to play better next week. Jeff, a team that's on the straight and narrow, when you think about the Kansas City Chiefs, um, what do you think when people refer to Patrick Mahomes as the GOAT already in his career? Nah, too early. You know, great player, absolutely. League MVP, Super Bowl MVP, all of those things. But, um, yeah, the the, the whole GOAT conversation year three, uh, that's premature in my opinion. And, and again, uh, I I love, I love, but if it ended today, you know, for for what, God forbid, right, anything like that happened. But if it ended today, is he the best quarterback that's ever played in the NFL? Absolutely not, right? Is he a great football player? Heck yeah, man. I mean, I love watching the guy. But but when you start talking about greatest of all time and all of those kind of accolades that people want to put on, we, we have, you know, we are rushing that because there have been too many guys who have played way too long. You know, think about Breeze, Brady, Manning, Montana. Like you can, you can go through all these guys, right? These guys had incredible careers and they had lengthy careers, right? So, so when we're jumping on a bandwagon in three years, we're just prisoners of the moment. I think so much of that has to do with social media and expectations and everything being flashed all the time. But to say he's the greatest to play our game, nah, man, not not not, not this fast. I can't get it. I can't get on that board. Interesting, Jeff. You must have been on our call last night because you sound exactly like me. But hey. Who's the biggest threat to the GOAT in the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC? You know, it's a great question. I, I like the Bills. You know, we saw them a few weeks ago play, and, and uh, Allen played poorly. I would probably say the Steelers, though, Key, and, and here is why. I, I, offensively, they're not nearly as good as the Buffalo Bills, and I completely understand that, even with Big Ben. But he has been in pressure games. He does understand kind of what's, you know, what's expected. But I think the Steelers' defense – gives you they are more opportunistic right and so I think they could make more plays keeping everything in front especially on their back end and I think that's what it's going to require you know Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense have done a really good job of 
understanding teams aren't going to let you just have one and dones anymore, right? Like like last year, you know, all these big plays that they're making, teams are making them earn it a little bit more. But 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 he has fallen, you know, Mahomes has done an incredible job. And again, an MVP job, right? Like we've been talking about Wilson, all these other guys, but you know, same with LeBron and Michael and you know, he look, the guy is still freaking balling, right? Whatever you want to say about him. And so I think it's going to require a team who can get some stops and get some turnovers because if it's a track meet and you're trying to match scores, I don't think anybody in the NFL can meet that just because of how explosive that Chiefs offense is. It's a great point. It's a prisoner of the moment thought, but the idea that the team that has the GOAT, the greatest of all time, would be the two seed in the AFC playoffs if they started today tells you maybe we should tamp down just a little bit on the GOAT talk. Jeff, it's always great to have you here talking football, man. Thanks very much. Love being with y'all, man. Have a great one. I I wish I could Thanks, play Jeff. With him. I wish I could have played with so him. So who's the quarterback? He's the center. You're the wide receiver. Who's the quarterback? It doesn't matter. At that point, I don't really could have been paid, and it could be been any of them, but I, I wish I could have played with him, though. Mm-hmm. I just – certain guys, they just get you – you know, I can see he's, he got a little bit of an intensity to him that I like. And he has a lot of grit. You were always a big five-star, big-time prospect, but he had to fight and claw no, for everything. Yeah, but fight alignment, and claw. offensive linemen don't have that swag like Jeff. Jeff's That's got true. that swag, I'm telling you. He got that swag. I don't know where it came from being a North Carolina guy and all that, but he got that swag. I'm no just doubt. glad we got out of that conversation without him talking about how the North Carolina Tar Heels dominated my Blue Devils in football, so that's all. <laughs> that was I a mean. tough one this weekend. Sam Howell was unbelievable. Duke got murdered, murdered this weekend, by the way. Yep. Jeff Saturday on Michelle Penzel's performance. <laughs> yeah, that was, Trust that me. Very, that was very aggressive. Was very aggressive. <laughs> I was doing halftime of the game. It was like 42-0 at the half. It was 42, like 42 nothing. Oh, that. you called halftime? Yeah, I was there for that. Thanks, Jeff, oh, for not I'm like, rubbing I'm like it you, bro. Time I got, to go I got to a break. couple jobs, too, man. I got a couple jobs, too. I got to check you out, man. I didn't even realize that. Okay. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, we heard Jeff's answer. It's going to be the Steelers. We heard Dan Orlovsky this morning. The answer is the Bills. Your answer. Biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. Your answers. 888-SAY-ESPN. Key J and Z. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. 
You never got minutes. that one, Jay? No. You ain't never got to close the door on your face and tell you? Oh, because no. you was always on time, got it. I didn't even say that. You just assumed it. But or, you're the correct. People, or the people at Duke didn't. Never mind. Tom Cobb. This is not USC. <laughs> We've, no, we're not known for giving grades. No, we're not known for that. I think that's the other school nine miles down. You are known for me. the biggest cheating academic scandal in the history of the world, though, at USC. <laughs> See Zubin and see what happens when he tries to deflect and go a different Shout direction. out to Full House and Fuller House. <laughs> Available streaming anywhere uh, you want. It was not an academic scandal. That, that, it was that, an admission that. scandal Shots that fired. the university had nothing to do with. The university had nothing to do with that. That's why those people were prosecuted. These people are on the road team. They've never seen water. <laughs> <laughs> Took J. Will's head and put it on my body. It was like, yeah. Man, that was so embarrassing. <laughs> you know the story, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know the story, oh, God, yeah. it's ridiculous. And I'm sure oh. many of our listeners do. Oh. University well. of Spa Children, that's what they call us. <laughs> mm. Hey, I want to get my I want to get my kids at the USC. <laughs> they can play water polo. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> have you ever played water polo, Zubin? I have not, but I know UCLA is <laughs> a great water polo program. So maybe SC was like, hey, we gotta go. But the kids, the funny thing is the kids is like, water polo? Okay. <laughs> I'll do it. Why not? Oh, gosh. Most people don't know much about water polo. Everybody's got an opinion on the NFL. And our question this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed is simply put, who is the biggest threat to the Chiefs? Don't call up and say the USC water polo team. I want an NFL team. I want one of 32. All right, here we go. Actually, one of 16 because we're talking about the Chiefs in the AFC. Here we go. Luke in Missouri. My man Luke has been holding on for an hour. Really appreciated. You get your an say an That's hour. Up, an hour. That's what's up, man. Thank Let's you. Let's go, Luke. Luke, who do you got? The Chiefs? Yeah, thanks for ta- go ahead, go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. I got two things I need to get off my chest here. All Until right. the Steelers are knocked off, the Chiefs are the biggest threat to the Steelers. Mm. And also, why are we sleeping on my man in Arizona? The guy is going to get is on pace to get 1,000 yards rushing and 4,000 yards passing. Where's the MVP talk there? That yeah, would be I, I, I Kyler think he, Murray. I th- he's just young. He's young, and and they. Uh, I think a lot of people don't real don't believe that Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are going to go far. I think that they think that they're going to be, you know, a nine and seven, eight and eight. Is type that a lot of people, team. or is that just you? No, I think it. I think it's me, and I think it's other people that's out there. <laughs> All right, I'm just saying it's taking you a while to Man, get on the just, Arizona Cardinal I, train. I like the fact that. He plays well within the system. That's never been my argument. My argument is I don't believe that the system in which they run, which is the air raid, can get you far. I just don't think that – I think you can win games with it. And I think it's it's cute and it's fun watching and all of those sort of things. But when it comes down to it, I don't think they can beat the Saints. I don't think they can beat the Bucks. I don't believe that they can beat the Chiefs. I don't believe that they can beat those type of teams that run more – traditional style NFL offenses and defenses. Squeeze it in. Jeremy in Washington, you're on ESPN Radio. Give me one word. Best chance to topple the Chiefs. Buffalo. 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 Fellas, that's what Dan Orlovsky said. Bill's Mafia. Bill's Mafia. I'm not going to get all excited because they beat Seattle, man. I'm not about to do that. I'm not about to do that. I'm I mean, sorry. You can I'm get just a not, little bit excited considering that Russell Wilson is not, an MVP caliber not, player not and that he got sacked and had multiple turnovers. I mean, you, it is something good to walk away from the game with, kid. Jason, you do realize that Miami is on their heels right now. A lot of teams are on a lot of teams' heels. I'm just saying, they, they played him again and they barely beat him the first time around. That's all I'm saying. 
The talk of the town in the NFL, two QBs that didn't even play on Monday night. We'll explain. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel exhausting, borderline impossible to keep up with. But we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand with just enough context so you can listen, get it, and go on with your day. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore.